42! Blue, 42! Hut, hut, hike! This is The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host and little lizard lover boy, Justin Knight. That was probably your worst one yet. I'll be honest, I forgot to type one up, uh, so I just had to come up with one on the I could, fly. I could tell. I was like, you know what? I don't think he knows what he's going to say, so the best he can come up with is little <laughs> lizard lover boy. <laughs> Sounds disgusting. Today, we're talking a new conference scheduling format for the ACC. Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy's arrest. Tom Brady's signed deal with Fox Sports in the newly released 2022 NFL schedule. But before all that, Justin, I sometimes like to give a little story at the top of the episode. This week, I've got one from the uh, from the hallowed grounds of a Walmart bathroom, if you don't mind. Take a few seconds here. Tell you about what I saw okay. this week. Okay. Yes, please enlighten me. Yes. So I went to Walmart this week, Justin. As I, you know, I normally do that probably three to five times a week. I don't know, and and of course, I'm, yeah, a natural amount. But, uh, but you know, usually I try to avoid public restrooms because you know some of the world's grossest people hang out in public bathrooms. Sure, they do. But I've I've been trying to drink more water kind of recently because I'm. I'm always really dehydrated, so on this day, I had to go really bad. I drank a lot of water, so I get in there, and one toilet has just flooded the floor. Right, it's just (laughs) the whole floor is wet, like half an inch of water, like a lot. So I walk in and see this, and I'm like, I don't, I don't have time for this. I'll just hold it. So I'll turn around to walk out, but as I'm turning around, this guy walks in with a 24 pack of Bud Light, sets the cardboard box of beers. Onto the just the absolutely soaked floor while he uses the restroom. He didn't put them mm. on the counter. He just set them on the very wet floor, like half an inch did, of water. Did he realize the floor was that wet, or is he just? There's care? no, there's no way he couldn't have realized. So, mm. yeah, I, a few minutes later, I'm I'm outside checking out at this point, but I see him walk up, walk out. He's got the cardboard box, the the very wet cardboard box of beer, and of course. When cardboard gets wet, it tears, right? So the whole thing just falls apart. Course, All these yeah. beers fall up, like, tw- you know, 20-something beers. Uh, and a worker apparently was already waiting for him right outside the bathroom because he had walked in without paying for it. <laughs> walked beers into the oh bathroom. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little... I, th- I think it's little moments like this that made me feel pretty good about myself. Like, if you ever... I guess if you ever feel like you've lost control of your life, you could just walk into a Walmart bathroom. Just maybe take a look at the people hanging out in there. You'll probably realize well, I don't you're think actually I just doing want to go into a bathroom and be like, "Oh, <laughs> let's see who's hanging out in here. Let me go, you know, chat up these people." Oh, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. I hate public bathrooms. Uh, anyway, we do have to talk about some sports today, I guess, Justin. But uh, before we before we get into this week's news, I do have a little bit of serious news up top. A uh, local here in Walker County, Clayton Trawick, 
He's been diagnosed with leukemia. He's a former Navy E5 mm. and a current maintenance technician at uh, Yoruzo Automotive, Alabama. And uh, he's got a long road of treatments ahead of him at UAB where he's going to be remaining in the hospital throughout his months-long battle. So uh, as, as everybody knows, as you can imagine, the bills add up quickly when something like this happens. So I just wanted to take a minute to say that if you're able to donate, there is a GoFundMe set up for Clayton. You can find it on the WJLX1015 Facebook page, our Facebook page, the Game Managers one at TGM Pod. Uh, and I'm also going to link it in the description of this episode as well. So please donate if you can. Also share that post around on social media if you don't mind. Every every little bit helps, but just wanted to get that up up top. Okay, into the news though. Uh, Justin, a three-year player with the Crimson Tide from 2015 to 17, former Alabama football running back Bo Scarborough, is now set to join the Birmingham Stallions of the USFL. Uh, across that span at Bama, Scarborough rushed for a total of 50, over 1,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, catching 21 passes for 131 yards. Uh, and if you remember, he is absolutely jacked, just a ginormous man. Yeah, he's a pretty big dude. Um, I'm surprised. I don't remember him. I know he wasn't used as much as Alabama because um, who was in who was in front of him while he was there? Um, maybe Henry a little bit. I was about also, to say, wasn't Derek Henry a little bit? And then um, there's somebody else that after yeah. Henry that was still in front of him because I I think I mean probably the majority of the people at the time probably thought when because I remember him having a pretty big run couple maybe a couple of big runs against Washington, the playoffs, whatever year that was. Um, I think that I was thought to 17. Myself, yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking to myself, I was like, man, this, this is going to be a beast. He'll be there. Um, he'll have you know, some good seasons. And I don't really know what ended up happening with, I know he had some off the field issues, I believe. Right. I think he went to the Colts, maybe played there for a little bit. Yeah, and it's, I don't remember why it didn't work out, but yeah, for whatever reason it didn't. And, uh, He's been at home for a while, but yeah, now he's uh, he's with the Stallions, so that's pretty cool, I think. Good little local nice. pickup. Uh, in other news, the NCAA's Division I Board of Directors published new guidelines Monday to clarify that boosters, including recently created companies designed to provide athletes at a particular school with endorsement deals, should not have any contact with prospective college athletes, their family members, or their representatives. Uh, member schools received new guidelines Monday saying that boosters or collectives who contact recruits or sign athletes to contracts that are contingent upon a player's attendance at a particular school or breaking NCAA rules. The Division I Board of Directors said the NCAA could pursue sanctions against anyone who has egregiously violated these rules in the past 10 months since NIL rules were changed, but is likely to focus more on issues that come up in the future. Basically saying, we could get you all for the last 10 months, but uh, we'd have to get you all. So we're going to do it from, from now on out. Hmm. Yeah, I like um, it. Good. I'm glad there's some kind yeah. of policy put in place that says boosters cannot reach out to uh, players who have not even made a decision yet, haven't committed to the school, um, promising yeah. them money and deals. I think it's great. I think it I helps think- with... Like, like Tennessee, come on. The only reason... Like Tennessee offering that dude six, seven, eight million before he had even committed there, I mean that's that's egregious enough. Um, yeah. But I mean, any uh, we know a bunch of other schools were doing it too. I'm just saying that since Tennessee had paid the most for a certain player, but yeah, I think it's good idea by the NCAA. 
um, there should be a rule in place because you can't just like we've noticed and talked about in the past couple of months it's been kind of out of hand there's the amount of these uh, deals that are going around and the money that's being offered to players that haven't even committed to the school yet I also think that a lot of college programs are going to like this because I remember reading a few weeks ago I can't remember who the coach was or maybe it was an anonymous coach but they he had said that um that the donors are kind of out of control. They're offering kids money to come play for us, and we don't even want the kid. <laughs> so yeah. it's, they, they probably want some kind of – now everybody has to kind of get more on the same page, I think, which may be appreciated. Well, uh, so. I think, you know, there's probably there's, – well, as an Auburn fan, of you know, I've known this for years. There's always been an issue with the donors and boosters and the board and, you know, the actual coaches, and there's always been – this wall and just they're totally on completely different pages they're not on the same page with how things are supposed to be run um the boosters donors they want to try to control everything at auburn and um i i think with this plan put into place by the ncaa maybe you know kind of put those donors that are out of control just offering all these players money um because I don't, donors should have no run in how they um, recruit players. A donor's job is to make sure the program is getting money. And you're, you know, and of course, as a donor, in return, you want good play and good football, but you shouldn't have any say in who you're recruiting. Yeah, no, I agree. So I think that's what this is, this is setting out to do. If it actually accomplishes that, we'll see. But Yeah, we'll see. Great idea. Um, yeah, I think so. If it's followed, good idea. Uh, moving on, Fox announced on Tuesday that Tom Brady is set to join the network as its lead NFL analyst whenever it is that he decides to retire, which could be in 2023 or some other year. Uh, the New York Post reported that Brady is in line to receive $375 million across 10 years, <laughs> a deal that will make Brady the highest-paid sports broadcaster uh, by some distance, twice the record-breaking amount CBS handed to Tony Romo in 2020. Keep in mind, he has no announcing experience whatsoever. I mean, he's he's going to get paid more than he did playing football. Yeah, he's leaving I mean, $15 million on the table this year by playing football. Yeah, I, that is absurd, ridiculous, out of... So out of out of their mind, why this, in the world would you offer an announcer? Get, you know, get this right. He's an analyst. So he's just going to be on the TV talking about what's happening. Yeah. And he's going to make may, $375 million. This may be controversial, but I don't like looking at Tom Brady. There's something not right about him. Like he's, yeah, I've heard he's, of, there, there's, a, there's a lot of people that have said that. Oh, really? Because he's very, like, you look at his features, and he's very, like, you would think, like, oh, that's a handsome guy. He's very handsome. He looks great for his age, but something's not right. There's something, like, I I hate to keep bringing up lizards, but almost lizard-like behind those (laughs) eyes. I don't know what it is. Uh, I was thinking about it today, because he's been posting a lot of, like, little selfie videos. One of them riding a bike today. And I was looking at it, I was like, what's your deal? I think, I, and you know, I think what I decided on is that it looks like someone has taken an iron and ironed out the wrinkles on his head mm, because his skin yeah. still looks like kind of like someone for his age, 
but without wrinkles. And I think it's yeah, like no he almost looks he almost looks CGI, like he was made in a computer. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, my wife and then sister in law, I think, I said something too that you know he's kind of strange to look at. And um, now I'll say this: I think he's become more enjoyable since he left, you know, New England, went to Tampa Bay yeah. as a person. But yeah, he's almost he's almost kind of like a robot. Look, it's kind of weird to look because he almost, like you said, doesn't look real. He kind of looks fake. It's um, something. It's something with his face. I don't know if he doesn't move it enough when he's talking, or if, could be. now. Like, yeah, I yeah. I don't know. This. Now, hopefully, they won't that well. They'll probably have a lot of FaceTime, you know, of him. But now, speaking why he's not, he's a pretty good speaker. I think he's, of yeah. course, he's very knowledgeable of the game, um, as we've seen, you know, with how he's played. It's not just his ability, but it's also his knowledge of the game. He's very smart as a quarterback. But um, yeah, I mean. He is strange looking. I guess it's been more noticeable. I guess these past few years because he's forty five, forty six years old. But you know, like we said, yeah. the dude that has skin of like a twenty something year old. Right. But I don't know other facial features that makes him look like he's forty five years old. I don't know. It is kind of weird. It's strange. I don't know. I think it's a combination of things. Anyway, I don't know uh, why Louisville Cardinals head coach Scott Satterfield. Uh, appears to believe that there may have been some tampering regarding a former uh, Louisville receiver. Alabama Crimson Tide head coach Nick Saban isn't having any of it, according to a tweet from ESPN's Alex Scarborough. Saban very clearly and plainly denied that anyone from the Crimson Tide coaching staff was involved in any sort of tampering. Uh, He said when asked about uh, receiver Tyler Harrell, Saban said, we don't tamper with anybody. Uh, I'm uh, I'm honestly surprised Saban even... uh Reply it. to it, yeah, yeah, me, yeah, me too. A um, bit, honestly, I, I, I mean, when someone really, sometimes, not all the times, I'd say, it's probably less than fifty percent. But you know, anytime someone's quick to acknowledge something, maybe they're trying to hide something because they're like, "Hey, no, 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 we don't do this. We don't tamper." Because, um, like, well, Saban's personality, most of the time, he's just going to ignore any kind of, you know. If it's crap, the crap that's thrown out in the media or thrown out by another coach. Um, but I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting that he replied so quickly to it. I felt like this would be something he'd probably just ignore and be like, oh, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I kind of thought that. Because you never know with Saban. A lot of it depends on his mood and what time of the year it is. Yeah, that's true, too. Or whatever. But yeah, pretty weird. Speaking of weird, Commander's rookie quarterback Sam Howell only eats chicken, claims he has never had a burger or steak. Mm. So the full what a details, sad life. <laughs> reported by Armstrong from a virtual Orange Bowl luncheon. In the interview, Howell revealed that since childhood, he has only ever eaten chicken, mostly nuggets and tenders. That's fine for a four-year-old, but so far into adulthood, Howell has seen no need to deviate. He won't get anywhere near seafood and read carefully here, claims to have never had a bite of steak or even so much as a hamburger. What's wrong with seafood? I mean, there's something like fish is pretty good. It's healthy for you. What's wrong with eating some fish? Yeah. I understand getting away from red meat, but yeah, like yeah. shrimp's the healthiest thing in the world to eat. You're not going to eat shrimp. That? Yeah. I mean, salmon's yeah. pretty healthy, depending on how you cook it. Um, yeah, whatever. I mean, he kind of sounds like a child if he's still just eating chicken nuggets. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the I, well, USFL I guess it's worked out for him because he's 
he's probably one of the more fit quarterbacks from the NFL draft class. Um, yeah, he's a pretty strong dude, but interesting. I, I don't know. It's I would have never thought that he just has a chicken diet. <laughs> In other news, the ACC is moving closer to adopting a new football scheduling format that would scrap divisions and give teams an opportunity to play each other more frequently starting as early as 2023. Though no, vote, though no vote has taken to formally change the format, Commissioner Jim Phillips and multiple athletic directors discussed a 3-5-5 scheduling model in which league teams would play three permanent opponents then rotate through the rest over a two-year period. Five one year, five the next. I like this a lot because you're getting to play every team in the conference um, pretty often, every other year at the very least. I, uh, I think this is a pretty good idea, honestly. I think it's different, too, and something that some other conferences might take a peek into looking at. Yeah, I li- honestly like it, too, because when you scrap the division thing, um, it's just the two best teams at the end of the year playing each other for the conference championship. Um, because you could have, with the way it's set up right now, you could have two of the best teams, but they're in the same division, and one beats the other team, and they beat them out to have a spot in the conference championship. So I like yep. it. I like it. And thinking of it like if the if uh, SEC was to ever do it, like Auburn, their three opponents every single year would be Bama, Georgia, LSU, and then switch out with five other teams. I like it. I, I think too. it'd be a good setup. Um, and, you know, like I said, I just like the idea of just having a whole – which, I mean, the Big 12 has done this for a long time because, I mean, they only have 10 teams. But um, – I, I I think it's the best setup because you you have the two best teams facing each other in the conference championship. Now, of course, usually it's Alabama and Georgia, anyways, and they're from a different divisions. But um, I I I think that's a good setup because, like you said, each team gets to kind of face different opponents every few seasons, which is good for the matchups because the same matchups get kind of old, get kind of stale. Yeah, and and. I like to see different matchups, too. I think everybody does. So, this is good, I think. It's a good idea. Other other uh, conferences to look into it. Uh, keep Speaking of things that are being looked into, Denver Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy was arrested Thursday um, by the, probably going to butcher this, Arapaho County Sheriff's Department. Sure. And according to the Sheriff's Office, was charged with second-degree criminal tampering with a domestic violence mm. enhancer, which is a misdemeanor. Uh, Judy was released on bail $1,500, I believe, and was released with full contact allowed between him and the woman involved, per his attorney, Harvey Steinberg, who added that the judge stated, quote, there was not probable cause to believe that there was the threat or use of any physical force against the victim. Um, The county sheriff said Thursday afternoon that no physical contact was made in the dispute between Judy and the mother of his one-month-old daughter, Quote, it solely involved property, and there was no damage to property. So, there's more to this, and I can keep reading it, but it kind of just goes along with that. It doesn't seem like there was any kind of physical harm here. It seems like him and this woman are on bad terms, and because of the, uh, the laws in that state, whenever there's any kind of dispute between a married couple, uh, it's automatically checked in as... A um, as a domestic 
case thing. So that's why they put it. Yeah, yeah this basic dispute. So uh, apparently what Brown said happened was that Judy prevented the woman from retrieving several items, including the woman's wallet, medical information for the child, and a car seat. So they got into some kind of dispute, and then he wouldn't give her her stuff. Um, and that's kind of what happened. So it doesn't seem like it's like it's not good, obviously. Um, Judy, you know, it's that's not something good to do. Judy's admitted no. to locking some things in his car, including baby formula, because the woman took one of his three cell phones, would not give it back. Um, but it looks like everyone is kind of aware. Everybody seems to be taking responsibility, and um, that's kind of the best case scenario for something like this. So. I don't think it's going to blow up into anything. It, you know, that could change. But based off the information right now, it seems like this is probably just like two people, obviously un- under a lot of stress and upset with each other, did some stupid things. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, you know, it just sounds like another one of those things just caught up in a bad situation, I guess. I don't really know. Like I said, I don't really know any of the details, but... Um, man, what, I don't tell you what, what's up with the Alabama wide receivers? That might as well be prison you at this point. The yeah, amount of guys being thrown in jail. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, well, and the last bit of news for the week, Auburn baseball clinched the series win over Alabama on Saturday, beating the Tide 3-2 to two on Friday and coming from behind to win 6-4 on Saturday. The Tigers are now 35-16 and 16 for the season, 15-11 in conference. And as for Bama, the Tide is 27-24 overall. 10 and 16 in conference play. And that wraps up news yeah, uh, for us, Justin. Oh, go ahead. Please. Some what? Oh, that wraps up news. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, both games have been pretty good. Um, but yeah, Auburn's starting to play really well. Um, 15 wins and SEC play is very impressive. I think right now they are, I believe they're in either third or fourth overall in SEC standings out of the, uh, east and west um so right now uh with you know a game tomorrow against alabama then one more series left against kentucky before the sec tournament i mean they're really trying to compete now for a national seed spot to where you know they'll host the regional and then if they get past the regional they'll possibly host a super regional as well so i which would be huge because i don't think they've hosted anything since 2010 um but this team's really good. I think that's one of the better offensive teams Auburn's had in a while. Um, pitching's been on and off, but you know pitching's been okay so far against Bama this weekend. But they looked really good. Um, I'm excited to see you know how they look tomorrow and then this last series and SEC tournament. But uh, I think it's a huge bounce back from where they were last year. They sucked. They were terrible last year. But um, I think they've been in the right direction for the past few seasons, especially when they made it to the World Series a couple of years ago. So um, I think we've got bright things coming up. And then for Alabama, you know, they've had they've shown some spots where it looks like they're pretty good. But, you know, when's the last time Alabama baseball has been good? It's been a while. Been a while. <laughs> so, and they keep talking about it each year that maybe this is the year and or this we finally got the right coach. And I don't know. Um, but like I said, Alabama's looked pretty decent in the series. I thought they played pretty well today, but it just hasn't gone their way. And I don't know when the Alabama will find their mark in baseball or if they ever will, but 
you know, that's that's up for debate. I know you don't keep up with them, or I don't really know many people that keep up with Alabama baseball either. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's it's not football. It's it's not. I mean, no. people watch it around here, but um, you know, yeah. it's, it's not televised every single game for a reason, you know. So. No, like these past couple of games, I think they're SEC Plus. You have to have the ESPN app, and you have to have a streaming service to watch it. Well, I think that wraps up the news of the week. Now we need to get into the weird news that happened this week in our weekly segment, Mismanagers. Peculiar and wonderful and terrible and bad. Mismanagement and mystery and dreams you never had. Grizzly or grievous or beavers with cleavers. Audacity and specialty and news to drive you mad. It's a wonder any one of us can manage to survive in a world of, world of mismanagers. All right, I've got a few good stories of the week here for us. I'm going to start with one from The Guardian. North Korea bans skinny jeans as a symbol of capitalistic lifestyle. Mm. They're, Quote, non- they're, they're showing them. <laughs> Quote, non-socialist haircuts and other fashion items among reported list of banned accessories. Uh, this also includes mullets. No mullets allowed in North Korea. I didn't Korea. know Koreans grew mullets. They don't now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine ever complaining that you hate living here in the United States. Hmm. This comes from MyTwinTears.com. Mental torture. Couple suing son for 650000 for not giving them a grandchild. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, a married couple in Indiana has taken legal action against their son for not giving them a grandchild after six years of marriage. It's a it's a lot. Was it Indiana or India? India, India. What did I say? You said Indiana. Yeah, India, India. Excuse me. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I don't think uh, this is going to hold up in the uh, court system, but I don't know India India's court system, but. Um, I mean, what, what's your basis of suing them? Cause you, so they didn't give you a grandchild. Um, well, I'll tell you what the so basis is. The lawsuit is it was, filed, it? was filed on the grounds of, quote, mental harassment. What? They say if they have a grandchild, the pain would, quote, become bearable. <laughs> oh, man. That, the, that sounds like they're crazy. Uh, the man said... Despite all our efforts, my son and his wife have caused mental torture by not giving us a grandchild. The society also questions us, causing further pain. Mm. Yeah, if that if they somehow win that suit, mm, that's pretty messed up. If I was the son, I'd get the heck out of India. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a good story. This comes from Sky News. Metallica. Baby. Woman gives birth at Brazil Stadium show. Quote, as band plays Enter Sandman. That is awesome. Imagine That's being born while Enter Sandman is playing. What a it's, great uh, song. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's like a prophecy being fulfilled, I'm pretty sure. Just be like, hey, you know, back in my day I was born to Metallica playing Enter Sandman live at concert. <laughs> that's sick. I would, God, I wish that was how I was born. That'd be awesome. Nobody would care, but that would be cool. Yeah, you could have a sorry life, but you'd still be a pretty cool dude because you could just bring that up every time. 
And the last story of the week comes from Fox News. Main driver blames GPS for drunken wreck into police station, authorities say. Mm, yeah. A main driver said she was following her GPS navigation when she took a wrong turn and crashed into a local police station over the weekend. But authorities say she was just drunk. <laughs> the accident That's happened like in Portland. Ups. When a 26-year-old woman drove through the Portland Police Department garage, across its pedestrian plaza, and then tried to drive down the stairs to Middle Street, police said. It got hung on, <laughs> the car got hung up on the stairs. That's like that episode of The Office where uh, Michael drives the car. I think the GPS tells him to turn right, and he just drives the car right into this lake yeah. or pond. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it. Good stuff. Okay, well, uh, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the NFL schedule, all the big games, and weird, weird little quirks coming out of the schedule, so stay tuned. You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5. Welcome back to the Game Managers. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Hello, hello. Justin, I thought that uh, since the NFL 2022 schedule officially released this week, that we would look into some of the big games coming up, some of the uh, the big things we're looking forward to, and also some little weird quirks in the schedule, some, uh, some firsts mm. in a long time, some things that are happening. Um, okay. There's a couple up top I want to mention before we get into some articles breaking down some of the biggest games. But Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are going to host Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in a Week 4 Super Bowl rematch. That's going to be really cool. I'm surprised they didn't have the Chiefs playing at home. Yeah, yeah. They had the Chiefs on the road. Yeah. Florida's nice, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd live in Florida. We're also getting a Christmas triple header. We have the Packers at the Dolphins, Broncos at the Rams, and the Bucks at the Cardinals. That's going to be three, uh, three pretty good games as well, I believe. So uh, the Packers at the Dolphins. That's, I don't know about that one. That sounds like it'd suck. You got Aaron Rodgers, Tua, Tugabailoa. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know if I'd put two of them in the same sentence together. <laughs> I would say you got Aaron Rodgers well, and the Dolphins. You got Aaron Rodgers. You've got Aaron Rodgers minus Devontae Adams against two or Yeah, Tomalo. okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, or you could say you got Aaron Rodgers and then Jalen Waddle with of the Dolphins. Yeah, there you go. See? see. Or yeah, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill with the Dolphins. All right, he's with the Dolphins now. Yeah, see, the Dolphins, I think they're going to be better this year. I mean, they should be. It'd be weird if they weren't. Well, it all depends on what Tua does. If he can throw the ball... 15, 20 yards down the field. Uh, hopefully he can, because that's, that's not much to ask for. Uh, but <laughs> I, did, I did want to pull up this article. It's by Sports Illustrated. It's the uh, ranking the top 10 games of the season. That way I don't have to look through all these myself. And I just thought we could go through this list and, uh, and talk about some of these matchups, if any we're interested in seeing or any we don't really care that much to see. Let's that do sounds it. good to you. All right, number one. I'm guessing this is, I don't know if this is the best or the worst. I don't know how this is ranked. But uh, number one on this list, week one, we have the Broncos at Seahawks. Um, I really hope that's not number one. That's gotta, yeah, it's got to be counting down. 
right? So, yeah. uh, Russell Wilson returns to Seattle at a vulnerable time. Uh, that'll be interesting because, you know, he just left from Seattle. Um, and he's going to be with the Broncos. I keep forgetting he went to the Broncos. He looks weird in that uniform. Uh, and it's yeah, not it because strange. of the... Co- well, I don't even think it's the colors. I'm looking at a photo of him, and they gave him a jersey that's like three sizes too small. So yeah. I think that's what it is. Uh, but yeah, it is going to be weird. I think my little cousin may have just bought like a... Right before he get moved, got a Russell Wilson jersey. Mm, <laughs> I think. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's yeah, I think that'll it'll be weird to see, and uh, he'll get a good welcome back, though. Um, it's kind of weird to see that they have that scheduled for the first week. Yeah, for um, real. That's probably but, not a coincidence. I don't know, maybe no, is, but probably not. Yeah, I don't know. It could have been, but yeah, I think it'll, he'll. Of course, he'll have a huge welcome, and it'll be interesting to see how he plays on the road instead of where he's played for the past. What he was there for ten years. Yeah, it'll be interesting because now that you know that crowd noise is going to be against him rather than yeah on his side so how, right how's that going to be I don't know that's interesting uh, next on the board we've got week 3 Packers at Buccaneers uh, yep. that's pretty good I think yeah the Bucks, of course solid receiving court uh, versus Green Bay who still has a good receiving court but significantly less great without Devontae Adams yeah we'll see what the Packers do I mean I don't, it doesn't really matter what they do in the regular season because we know they lose in the playoffs. It's the same old thing. So I don't I could care less what they do in the regular season. They could yeah. go they could go seventeen and zero, and I'll be like, they'll lose first round. <laughs> it's always fun to see Aaron Rodgers and Brady on the same field, though. I think so. Oh yeah, it'll they'll that'll be another good matchup. See, because I mean, you never know when it could be the last one. Yeah, right. So I think that's cool. Number three on the board, week four, Chiefs at Buccaneers. We talked a little bit about that one already. Yeah, I think that'll be good. It'll be interesting to see um, how Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs fare without... Um, I mean, I'd say Travis Kelsey is probably his number one target. It's, it was pretty close between him and Tyreek Hill. But not having that deep threat in Tyreek Hill is a huge loss in that speed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they fare without him and so who uh, other, some of the other receivers that can step up? Because I mean, they still got they got some pretty good wide receivers, but I mean, not having him is a huge loss. And yeah, plus we'll see yeah, how they. Super, Super Bowl matchups are always fun. Plus, you got to remember Andy Reid, Todd Bowles, and Todd Bowles had that amazing game plan Super Bowl. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see how that how that plays out. What is what are the Chiefs going to be looking for this time around? Oh yeah, I keep forgetting that uh, Todd Bowles is the coach now for the Bucks. Yeah, took over. Uh, probably because they forced uh, old boy out. Yeah. Week ten, uh, we have on week ten we have the Commanders at the Eagles, Washington at Philadelphia. I could, I could care less. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it's whatever. Why is that a big matchup? <laughs> Let's see what they said. They said, editor and esteemed Philadelphian Mitch Goldich and I talk often about the reputation of Philadelphia fans and how much of their place in the and. How much of their place in the hard fan universe is deserved? I think I've settled on the idea that most of the time a fan incident gets amplified because of our idea of Philadelphia. And our idea of Philadelphia comes from an amalgam of pop culture events. 
that both encourage bad actors who aren't really Eagles fans and entrench the idea that this is a truly ghoulish group of people at the stadium. Thus, the kind old souls like Jeff Garcia baby, he's our baby guy, gets obscured by the repeated horse-punching incidents. All that said, my God, I'm not looking forward to this game. If I'm Carson Wentz, this is a difficult environment, especially given how much better the Eagles have made their defensive front. Philadelphia is going to be a plucky surprise division contender 2022, and there's going to be a parking lot full of people hoping to get tell Wentz all about it. Oh, that's right. I forgot Wentz is with the uh, commanders now. I forget he's getting moved all over the place now. Um, that's not enough so, for me to be that interested, though. No, I mean, Carson like Wentz has an been Eagle, is an Eagles fan. Yeah, Carson Wentz has been irrelevant for the past couple of seasons since he got hurt with the Eagles. Um, so I I could care less. I, yeah. Anything involving the Commanders and especially the Eagles, I could really care less. I mean, I'll watch it, but yeah, I don't I don't really care. Just that division. What division? That's NFC. Um, Mm, what division is that nfc uh south something like that i don't know nfc east i I don't really know um that whole division sucks cowboys eagles commanders giants it's a trash can division i could care less what happens in it well speaking of cowboys number five week 10 we have the cowboys at the packers mike mccarthy returning to green bay Yeah, maybe that for that reason. That'll be interesting yeah. to see since he won the Super Bowl with Packers. Um, cool. Whatever. Num- number six, we have Week 17, Rams at Chargers. Yeah, I mean, so uh, that's always good. Yeah. a good division matchup. And um, Chargers have definitely beefed up and gotten some big uh, pickups this offseason. So um, I think Chargers have a good chance of compete up sorry that's not a division matchup they're completely two Mm. different conferences i'm an idiot i don't keep up with nfl football as much as (laughs) some other people do sorry uh rams are in the nfc west and the chargers in the afc west but uh they play in the same they play in the same stadium um so that'll be fun woohoo uh number seven we have week seven saints at cardinals uh i yeah. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't care. Let's talk about. Is it that because? Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, it's because you get to get see a good shootout. The Cardinals at full strength with number four receivers capable of being number two receivers elsewhere versus an anything can happen. Jameis Winston. Yeah. Uh, what are we expecting from Jameis Winston? The dude just tore his ACL. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's Jameis Winston. It's not like. He's the first quarterback to ever throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in a season. I'm, I guess that's the the intrigue is he's a loose unit. Anything can happen. So. Yeah, is it because he played somewhat decently the first few games before he got hurt? I mean, it's not like he was playing spectacular or anything. He looked kind of lethargic in the pocket. and he, he just can't move. And then now with tearing his ACL, I don't know what the heck he's going to do back there. Tied for number eight, we have Week 10, Browns at Dolphins. I don't, oh, I don't care. Yuck. I don't care. Uh, and week seven, Steelers at Dolphins. These suck. I don't <laughs> care. I, I mean, the Steelers just sucked. The Dolphins still, I know they have a lot of uh, potential, but I, I still got to see Tua play consistently because we know he can play well. The problem is him staying healthy and playing consistently. Um, but that's that another sucky matchup. I don't care. 
Uh, number nine, week 12, Bills at Lions. What? <laughs> the Lions? The Lions. Who, Why? Uh, who, who don't have a primetime game all season. It doesn't make any sense. I, what's the reasoning? The Bills at the Lions? Why? Uh, he says, this is going to be a relevant, feisty Thanksgiving game featuring Detroit. Just something we haven't been able to say for half a decade. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Aiden Hutchinson, yada, yada, yada. Josh Allen, yada, yada, yada. The Bills are the most complete team in football. This still doesn't tell me why <laughs> this is worth watching. It's basically, he's just, he's just saying, it's the Bills playing. We get to see, we get to see the Bills yeah, see the whip Bills up on, on the Lions. Just like every other team does on Thanksgiving Day. It's usually, you know, usually you have the Bears and the Lions playing each other. And that's a sucky game. It was right. pretty sucky last year. Last one on the list, number ten. That either means it's the best or the worst. I don't. I don't. I can't tell from this article. They all seem about. Or, the same. or is this just like the ten most anticipated matchups? Maybe it's that. Maybe they're not in order. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Number ten, week sixteen. Well, they got to be in order because that they're two tied for eight, so they're in order. I just don't know what order. Uh, number ten, week sixteen, Bengals at Patriots. Yeah, I guess that would be. Yeah, because okay. you got Bill. I mean, I mean, you got Bill Belichick, Belichick, NFL defense. Then you've got the Bengals. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, I, heck, <laughs> the Bengals could be. I don't know. I mean, the Bengals could be overrated this coming season. I think they had a good playoff run. They were, you know, decent during the regular season. It just depends on if they were able to fix their O line and. Uh, if they didn't lose too much on the defensive side. Now, we are running out of time for this, but I do want to really quickly talk about some of the quirks in this uh, schedule. I'm just going to go through these very quickly all at once here. So, uh, Bears do not have a single home game in December. <laughs> the Ooh. whole time. No, I'm sorry. They are only at home during December. They don't oh. have a single away game. Yeah. Interesting. Don't first time that. that's happened Scheduled since. Scheduled out that way. Yeah, first time that's happened to the Bears since 1964. Pretty cool. Wow. Uh, the Chiefs become the first team in NFL history to open a season with eight straight games against teams that finished above 500 the prior season. So they've got a, a tough Jeez. start. What a gauntlet. Um, the Commanders have to play the Giants back-to-back week 13 and week 15 with a bye in the Oh, 20. they must be so scared. There are only three teams in the NFL who will have to play their first two games on the road this year, and those teams are the Bucks, the Colts, and the Patriots. Hmm. Too bad for them. The Texans have to play three teams that will be coming off a bye this year, which is the most in the NFL. Hmm. Kind of sucks. Well, Texans may be trying to get that first round pick again, or a first, number one overall pick, trying for the, trying to get it. And the Dolphins, Packers, Eagles, and Chiefs have one big thing in common this year. They're the only teams in the league that have to play three consecutive road games. Although that's not ideal. NFL teams, they get stuck with a three-game road trip on the schedule, are 22, 22 and 11 on those trips since 2018. Wow, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Okay, Justin. Well, that wraps up our NFL talk. And if you don't mind, we need to go to your famous segment where we can all learn a thing or two in the learning corner with professor knight all right students gather round and put on your listening ears it's time to visit the learning corner with professor knight 
What are we learning today, Professor? Well, I thought, you know, this was kind of a last-minute decision here. But I was like, you know, that may be a cool kind of segment, kind of interesting to learn about these uh, certain sports. So mine is uh, the 25 unique sports around the world. Now, of course, we're not going to go through all 25, but I'll just pick some interesting sports around the world. Um, from what I've noticed, the majority of these titles, I probably cannot say any of them, but I'm going to try my best so that you may learn something new in the world of sports. So first oh, I one can't here. wait. Yes, this, you're going to be very intrigued by this, okay? First one is uh, Kabida. Kabida. I think that's how you say it. It's the national sport of Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. It's popular throughout South uh, Asia. It's a contact team sport played by men and women. Uh, teams attempt to have their offensive player, the Raider, infiltrate the opponent's defensive side and tag out as many opponents as possible before returning safely to their side. Uh, 40 nations belong to the governing body uh, and field teams, including the U.S., so part of this, where men's and women's national teams compete on the America's circuit. It sounds almost like capture the flag without a flag. Basically, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, next, I've got one. It's uh, It was born in Japan in 1989. It's called Yuka Gassen. It's a uh, dodgeball with snowball fighting. It's seven-person teams compete with 90 pre-made snowballs each, trying to eject opposing players by hitting them with snowballs. Uh, once the snowballs are gone, the team with the most players remaining wins. So that's probably pretty cool. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's one. Calcio Storcia. Storco. Calcio Storco. Calcio Storco. Uh, per- yeah, sure. An Italian precursor to American football and rugby. Um, so it pits 27 bare chested players per side <laughs> against each other on a rectangular field with goal sport of Harpitsum. It allows head butting, punching, elbowing, and choking. Jeez. Um, that's brutal. Yeah. So it made a comeback in the 1930s at post Renaissance, but. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Um, and <laughs> it really <I'll>, does. <laughs> very, very interesting. But I'll, I'll read one more here. That um, Okay, this one looks pretty funny. Um, Buzkasha. It's uh, Central Asian's version of polo. Uh, it says four to five horsemen on each squad try to carry a goat or calf carcass. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Into the opposing team's circle of justice. Sounds easy enough. Beware. Unsanctioned games can last days, and brutal head injuries are common. Jeez. That sounds terrible. So that goat's just rotting over those days the game's going, too. <laughs> so, yeah, the goat is just could be rotting for days, and they're carrying this mm. thing around trying to get, get it to the circle of justice. Yuck. I hate it. Well, thank you, Professor, for a, another lovely segment. I feel like I learned a lot about things that I will never need to know, and thank you for that. You're welcome. Okay, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, though, we're going to give out our weekly awards, the TG Emmy. So, stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, 
to the most prestigious awards show in sports, the TG Emmys, with the Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is my co-host, Justin Knight. Howdy! Hello! Justin, I'll start us off. I'm going to give out a very, very specific award. An incredibly specific award. An award so specific it can only be given to one man. This is the award. Okay, what you got? The award for coach who thought he could go back to working with high school athletes, but had forgotten how incredibly difficult and infuriating it can be, goes to former Arkansas head coach Chad Morris, who has resigned from Allen High School in Texas after just one season and now reportedly hopes to return to coaching college. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen after um, <laughs> Arkansas and then Auburn and then can't even make it to high school football. Yeah. Uh, he did okay in high school. I think he went like 11-3. and three, uh, one of the oh, biggest he just programs He just didn't really enjoy it. Yeah, I think he's just like, this is baloney. After being a coach in college, um, it is. So, Well, yeah. yeah. Um, very nice. Uh, so, uh, my award for the week, um, it goes to Dumbest Athlete. You, know, you probably get this a lot. But this goes to John ja Moran of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, he's been hurt out for the past few games. They just lost game six of the Warriors, and they're eliminated from the playoffs. Um, he got into it with a user on Twitter and basically said <laughs> that he would shoot him and kill him. Oh. Um, yeah, so he said this on Twitter. I don't know what's going to happen from it. I don't I don't really know. Um, just uh, kind of crazy. And uh, probably talking too much than what you should be on Twitter. I don't think you need to be saying you're going to shoot somebody. Yeah, I actually saw this. So he, he was responding to some, some fans who were talking trash about him, right? Just yeah, they randos. were. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Why are you even reading that? I yeah. yeah, I don't know why in the world he's even keeping up with it. Like and why do you it care? Should be why do you care? The least of your worries. Yeah. Why do you care if some guy who's sitting on his couch tweets something about he didn't like how you played? Yeah, it's <laughs> ridiculous. I get it. Get annoying, and it it probably would be infuriating. But also, just don't look at it. You know. Yeah. I mean, Whatever. there's plenty of plenty of things that you could be doing instead of looking through your tweets of who's. Uh, tagging you in their tweets and talking yeah. uh, trash about you. Um, plenty of other things you could be doing. Well, this award for High School Athlete of the Week, it goes to Oakman's Trey Thomas, who signed his letter of intent to play football for Huntington College on Thursday. So, congratulations. That's cool. Hey. Best of the Week, or award for the best thing of the week. This one goes to... Uh, to the two brave souls, souls who apparently are suing the Giants and the Jets for having New York in their names despite playing in New Jersey. So, uh, a pair, a pair of New York football fans have called an audible in their pie in the sky $6 billion class action lawsuit against the Jets and Giants and the National Football League. They've amended their suit that initially demanded both teams pack their bag, uh, pads and leave the Garden State for the Big Apple. Now they're making a slightly more manageable request. The teams can stay in New Jersey, but must dump New York from their names. Uh, New York City is a big apple, home of the Statue of Liberty, Wall Street, and the stock market, Broadway musicals, ticker tape, 
parades, etc., says the amended Manhattan federal court complaint filed last month. MetLife Stadium is located in the swamps of East Rutherford, New Jersey, which has a population under 10,000, the 116th largest city in New Jersey. It's not exactly an exciting and romantic destination, and the Giants, Jets, and MetLife Stadium have absolutely no connection whatsoever with the city, county, or state of New York. I get this in a weird way, because they're not in New York. Like, they're, they're... they're like showcasing New York when they're in New Jersey. They're in this town that needs, sort of needs them there and needs yeah. the, you know, the recognition. I kind of get it. I just think it's funny that it's just two randos that are doing this. They'll never win, but it's great. So Hey, good, good on, on them. them. They're giving it a shot. Yeah. Uh, bust of the week, basically the opposite of best, goes to former Seattle Seahawks safety Earl Thomas who was reportedly arrested Friday night after an arrest warrant was issued for him in late April. He was recognized at a restaurant in Dallas. And Thomas is charged with allegedly violating the protective order two or more times within 12 months, third-degree felony. Um, Apparently, he has just been a terrible, terrible person, allegedly. He allegedly said he hopes his wife's car drives off the road with the children in it. He also allegedly... Talked about wanting fam- members of his family to poison the children. What is wrong with this guy? But he also says he wants to make an NFL comeback. Uh, yeah, uh, good luck ha. with that, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's like Ray Rice saying he wants to play football again. Yeah. Okay. Well, real quickly, we have to do our last segment, our listener letters theme song. Go-getters write letters, we're the ones who read them. Please don't stop writing in to fill the time we need them. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. I'm going to read out two letters this week. If you want to write oh, us a letter, fancy. you can do so at gamemanagerspod at gmail.com. You can also reach us at TGMPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The first one comes from Derek. Would you consider doing an episode previewing college recruits? Uh, I mean, maybe. I'm not interested in recruiting. I don't think you are really either, Justin. No. See, my issue with recruiting, I mean, it's cool and all. You know, you get to see the top recruits coming in to each um, program and, you know, what you expect from them, what do you think they'll do. But I just don't like it because it's just a bunch of what if. Now, I know a lot of stuff we talk about is what if, but it's especially what if with recruits because I just I don't really care until I see how they play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, I don't like just getting into and talking about high school kids. Like, it's one thing if they're in college and they're, you know, now they're getting paid and stuff. But yeah, I'm not big on talking about like high schoolers and stuff unless it's like you know, gratifying them or, you know, if, if, they, if one does something great, it's cool, but I don't know. It's, it's yeah, not something I, I have a lot of interest in. We still yeah, might. I don't think do it we're in a point, position but. to critique high school players. I'll let yeah. um, professional analysts and stuff do all that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this one comes from Taylor. He says, Hey guys, if you could interview any sports related celebrity on the podcast, who would it be? Thanks Taylor. It's mm. a good question. I don't know. I mean, it could be anybody. Is it? Does it have to yeah. be realistic or just anybody? I think it can be anybody. Yeah, let's just say anybody. Just any. Hmm. So, um, I think it'd be cool to interview. I know he he really doesn't do it, but I know this is 
not realistic, but like Bo Jackson. I think that'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. If you could get him comfortable and like just talk to him, make it a conversation instead of just like walk us through Bo over the top. If you could just be like, what do you what do you do these days? I know you ride your little bike, but like, what are you up to? <laughs> you know? Yeah, because that'd really, be cool. The biggest thing he does is, yeah, he has his, his bike charity ride, which is pretty cool. And then he, I think he has a uh, golf tournament um, that a lot of celebrities go out and play in as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, other than that, he's not making any media appearances. Uh, I mean, he'll go to football games, but he's not seeking out the media in any, any way or doing interviews. Yeah. I wouldn't want to interview Michael Jordan because it seems like a nightmare. No, that'd be intimidating. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't want that at all. But all right, that's all we have time for. So thank you all for listening. We will be back next week, same time. So tune in. We'll see you then. Y'all have a great week. War Eagle anyways. Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut! Hut! Hike! Thank you for listening to The Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGMPod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara.